I want you to hit me as hard as you can. How does one even properly introduce the concept of Star Wars to kick off a video? Let's be honest, you know what it is, and you love it. And if you don't love it, you're doing that for attention. You're one of those kids that chose vanilla over chocolate because it made you stand out from the other kids. Every time a new Star Wars movie comes out, it's all that anyone is talking about. Star Wars is the most popular adventure story of our time. It's the most groundbreaking saga in Hollywood history. It's not often you can say a film changed the way you looked at movies, but Star Wars took it to the next level. It changed the way movies were made, and it changed the way we looked at life. Yeah, well, and I won tickets from and, WTMA. And saw it before anybody else. Three weeks before Audie and My Friends, and how do you explain <laughs> that everything's different now? Yeah. With the fan base so passionate, oftentimes bordering on toxic, the success of each film was a foregone conclusion. Lucasfilm could always expect huge success. However, in 2018, for the first time, that wasn't the case. Solo, a Star Wars story, should have been another hugely successful chapter in the Star Wars universe, but it failed to meet nearly every expectation. With the rise of the Skywalker now closing out the saga, let's look back and finally discuss the black guy on our favorite franchise. It's high time we talk about Solo and ask ourselves, what the f happened to this movie? The announcement of a Han Solo film wasn't exactly met with cheers across the galaxy. Don't get us wrong, we're excited for just about anything Star Wars related, but the reaction to Solo was a collective, oh, really? The thing was, there were plenty of ideas that fans were anxious to see. Maybe a Darth Vader movie that tracks with the Marvel Comics series? Ooh, a Boba Fett movie. Ah, oh, what the hell, a Jango Fett movie. A Darth Maul origin? Something with Thrawn? An Obi-Wan spin-off? An Ahsoka Tano movie? Knights of the Old Republic? The possibilities were endless. What didn't make any of those lists, however, was a Han Solo origin story. No one ever asked for this film. Not that we're inherently opposed to it, but as fans, we wondered if it was even necessary. Everyone knows the story of Han Solo, so why dedicate a whole movie to it? Plans for a film to fill in minor plot details seemed a little unnecessary. Nevertheless, in early July of 2015, Lucasfilm announced that the second Star Wars spin-off movie would focus on a young Han Solo. But perhaps more interesting than the news itself was the news of the directors who were originally hired to helm the project. I say originally because someone else ended up coming in. But hey, we all know who shot first, right? Right? <sighs> Moving on. Phil Lord and Chris Miller were the hot topic back in 2015, as they had a bit of the Midas touch. If you're not familiar with their resumes, a few high points would be the success of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, turning an 80s police procedural drama into a modern-day comedy hit and a vehicle for Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, and making a movie about Legos that was actually funny and surprisingly good. Like, really good. They were interesting choices to take on the project, for sure, but fans were on board. Over the next year and a half, casting would take place. While many fans would have loved to have seen Harrison Ford back in the role, Lucasfilm had already gone through its fair share of de-aging. A new actor would have to be cast for the high-profile part, and no stone was being left unturned. 
Lord Miller worked at multiple casting agencies, taking auditions from Hollywood's biggest names in the right age range, touring acting schools all over the United States and the United Kingdom, and, rumor has it, even checking out some cowboy bars. Over 2,500 actors auditioned for the part, and ironically, the one who landed the role was the very first actor to audition at the start of the process. Alden Ehrenreich was hired after six auditions. His understanding of Han Solo, the rebel, the charisma, the cynic, the angry optimist, even earned him a nod of approval from Harrison Ford himself. Over the next few months, business was booming with the likes of Woody Harrelson, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Michael K. Williams, Amelia Clark, Tandy Newton, and Don Glover as Lando Calrissian rounding out the main cast. In January 2017, production was underway, and the world could see from the first set photo a group of people genuinely happy and excited about what was to come. It makes you wish things could have stayed that way. Behind the scenes, conditions were reportedly difficult. Laura Miller made it clear in their joint hiring announcement that they planned on taking risks, and they pushed the boundaries wherever they could. There were often scenes that would end up having 30 or more takes. While that may sound like something from a Stanley Kubrick film, these takes weren't meant to drive the cast mad, giving the talented cast opportunities to improvise new takes on the scene. Lord Miller had hoped that they'd find the humor, and maybe some of the heart of the film, in the editing room. That attitude didn't sit well with Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm. While they claim to provide a supportive environment in which filmmakers are free to create as they see fit, this is still a Star Wars film. There is a history to stay true to. There's a script to follow, written by Lawrence and John Kasdan. And while the Kasdans felt that their script already pushed the limits of comedy in a Star Wars film, Lord Miller pushed the envelope farther by insisting on multiple takes, and the forced improvisation. This style meant that some scenes were taking too long to film. This led to multiple extended deadlines with Lucasfilm, which led to a lot of overtime for cast and crew members, which ultimately results in a budget that went above and beyond what was predicted. When the film that's way over budget isn't even a direct reflection of the script that was paid for and put into production, that can make for a very unhappy studio. So when Kathleen Kennedy finally got a look at the performance put to film, she was less than pleased. Because of the multiple takes and the improv, Ehrenreich's performance was said to be more akin to Ace Ventura than to Han Solo. The performance that was absolutely nailed in auditions suddenly appeared to be way, way overdone. Oh, would that it were so simple. Cut. What could have gone wrong? This wasn't the impressive up-and-comer they hired to lead the film. Ehrenreich seemed unable to nail even the most basic of lines in the dailies. Say your line exactly as I'm mm -hmm. about to. Okay, sure. Would that it were so simple? Would that it were so simple? Would that it were so simple? W would that it was... Wait, wait, my mouth. I distinctly remember people in my life telling me that he was a terrible actor, not even knowing who he was. To which my response was always, you know what? The Coen brothers liked him. That's more than enough for me. It's... complicated. While this may have been a shock to the average Joe Blow, behind the scenes, not so much. Lord Miller were given multiple opportunities to course correct, to fall into line with what the studio was looking for, to work with Lawrence Kasdan specifically about his script and what he envisioned. The style that Lord and Miller brought to the film was none too popular, but ultimately, their downfall would be the amount of overtime they requested for the crew. One too many, apparently, as they were fired as directors with only three weeks left in the production in June of 2017. Fans worldwide responded in unison. I got a bad feeling about this. Now, directors leave films all the time. This isn't exactly something new that was taking place, 
and this was actually somewhat common just in the Star Wars universe alone, as Josh Trank and Colin Trevorrow both stepped down from a Boba Fett spinoff and Episode 9 respectively. Even Gareth Edwards stepped aside for Tony Gilroy to finish Rogue One reshoots. What made this one significantly different was the fact that Common Ground could not be found with a mere three weeks left in production. This did not bode well. Count this as number one in a long list of problems that would make fans a little weary about the yet-to-be-named project. In July of 2017, Ron Howard was announced as the director to take over the film. Worldwide, moviegoers could only begin to imagine what his take on the Star Wars universe would look like. Now the story of a family that wants to rule the galaxy, and the one son who had no choice but to save it. Howard was a seasoned filmmaker, with some of Hollywood's classics under his belt. Even with three weeks left in production, Howard ended up shooting much more than was originally intended, and his contribution to the film totaled around 70% of the final product. It was said that Howard reshot scenes that took Laura Miller a full day within a matter of hours. Perhaps the biggest change to the film came in the form of Michael K. Williams, who was unfortunately no longer a part of it once Howard took over. Luckily, there was no ill will from Williams, as he explained. I felt great about what I created with the directors that I worked with. It is what it is. When Ron Howard got hired to finish out the film, there were some reshoot issues that needed to be done in regards to my character, in order for it to match the new direction which the producers wanted Ron to carry the film in. And that would have required me on a plane a month ago to London, to Pinewood, to do reshoots. But I'm here, on location in Africa. It's scheduling. The role Williams was supposed to play was that of Dryden Voss, which ended up going to Ron Howard's man crush Paul Bettany during reshoots. According to Williams, Voss was originally supposed to be a half-human, half-lion hybrid who was part of a will-they-won't-they -they love triangle between himself, Kira, and Han. Part of Howard's huge overall the film can probably be traced back to the Voss character, as more than the appearance was said to be significantly different than what Lord Miller had intended. On October 17th, 2017, Ron Howard dropped the title for the highly anticipated Han Solo film, and it was... Solo. Very imaginative. Rightly so, the title was met with a certain amount of criticism from the online community. After the title debacle had passed, the first posters for the film were dropped, and they were actually really good. The posters for Solo went against the norm for Star Wars films, and had their own unique color and design, looking much like a wanted poster for an outlaw perfect for the mystique surrounding the titular character. Unfortunately, even the posters couldn't escape the controversy around the film, as it was soon discovered that the posters geared much more than a striking resemblance to a number of album covers for a legacy box set. As it turns out, the design and colors weren't unique at all. Even the font was the same. Surprisingly, the poster controversy doesn't end there. Overseas, posters for the film were released with a much more family-friendly image, opting for shots of the main characters without their weapons. Maybe the intent was to bring audiences back to something happier in the universe? Don't do that again. But this was Han Solo. You know. That Han Solo? But it turns out, not only did Han not shoot first, he didn't shoot at all. He just stood staring at, presumably, someone firing at him, while keeping his arms by his sides. Who knows, maybe he's really good at dodging blaster shots with just his head. I think that technique is called... Matanki. So needless to say, Solo had its fair share of troubles leading up to the release of the film. Between going over budget, constant long nights and overtime for the crew, angering a veteran screenwriter, firing the young hotshot directors that everyone was excited about three weeks before production wrapped, bringing in a new director, a sub-zero response to the title release, 
poster controversies of all things, and the polarizing response to The Last Jedi, Solo was up against... Oh wait, did we not cover that part? The Last Jedi, Episode 8 in the Skywalker Saga, the long-awaited return of Luke Skywalker, and the follow-up to what is still currently the highest-grossing domestic box office film of all time. And yet, while it did relatively well at the box office, fans were left with something of a bad taste in their mouths. Remember earlier when we said filmmakers were free to create as they saw fit? Perhaps Kathleen Kennedy spent too much time focused on Lord Miller and not nearly enough time taking a look at what Ryan Johnson was up to. I'll preface this by stating the obvious. After the way 2017 and 2018 went down for Star Wars fans, we seem to suffer from some sort of collective amnesia, because we often overlook that Episode 7 was a huge success, critically and financially, more than Disney could have hoped for. It reignited the fire that fans all over the world have for this franchise, and therefore, it set expectations extremely high for any kind of follow-up. When J.J. Abrams teed up multiple character arcs, storylines, and directions to move towards, Ryan Johnson came along for Episode 8 and simply said, Nah. Having something else in mind entirely, Johnson created his own Star Wars film, letting the past die, ignoring an overall cohesive storyline, and seemingly making things up as he went along. So, needless to say, fans weren't exactly excited about the Star Wars franchise after The Last Jedi, and they were being given a mere four and a half months to recover from that before they were thrown into the next Star Wars story that no one asked for. Let's get back on track. San Diego Comic-Con in July 2017. Fans are not excited. D23 in August 2017? Fans are not excited. Underwhelming title announcement in October, accompanied by no footage? Fans are not excited. A trailer in front of The Last Jedi? Nope. Fans finally got a teaser during the Super Bowl in February of 2018, which went on to become the most popular Super Bowl trailer ever. But the full trailer wouldn't land until three weeks before the film's release. Three weeks before. Franchise concerns. Behind-the-scenes breakdowns. One of the saddest media campaigns for a blockbuster film in history. Finally, in May 2018, Solo arrives in theaters. The movie is well-received. While critically, it's not the greatest film in the history of the franchise, but it still scores pretty well at fans and critics, with the general consensus for the film being a flawed but very fun adventure. On Rotten Tomatoes, it scores a 70% with critics and a 63% among fans. Critics spoke very highly of Ehrenreich, who was given a near-impossible task, but spoke even higher of Donald Glover, who brought a near-perfect performance, identical swagger, and renewed interest to the role of a young Lando Calrissian. Everything you've heard about me is true. Solo severely underperformed at the box office. Its worldwide total gross was just under $393 million. That is a ton of money, but this is a Star Wars film and a Disney tentpole. Between the production budget that went well over predictions, advertising, and distribution, the film needed to gross $500 million just to break even. In the end, when factoring all expenses and revenues, the film ended up losing Disney about $80 million. Even in the face of a loss, Ron Howard expressed his pride in the film. While it was depressing knowing that Star Wars fans simply weren't coming out for the film, it was a personal best at the box office for him, and he expressed happiness for the fans that loved what they saw. And that right there is the rub. After all of this, Solo isn't a bad movie. It's treated like the friggin' Godfather 3 of the Star Wars universe, when it's actually really fun and enjoyable. It was just clearly doomed from the very start. A lot of fans would have loved to see what direction things would have gone and had the film succeeded. After all, 
plans were in place at some point as rumors began flying about a solo Lando film, no pun intended, and news surfaced that Ehrenreich was signed on for two more films after Solo's release. Unfortunately, things don't always go according to plan. However, back in May of 2019, a Star Wars fan podcast known as The Resistance Broadcast started a campaign to get a sequel to the film made. While there are no plans for such a film, it actually garnered quite a bit of attention. Then, a random rumor began making its way around the internet. The rumor was that Disney wanted to make a Crimson Dawn series for Disney+, Plus, picking up where the Solo movie left off. I know, it's only a rumor, and we should take such things with a grain of salt. After all, the box office performance alone would lead anyone intelligent to believe Disney won't go back to that well anytime in the near future. If ever. And even if it did somehow happen, the rumor even states that the Crimson Dawn series wouldn't even focus on Han, and instead would shine a light on the seedy underbelly of the galaxy. So the odds of us seeing this cast together again are as good of a chance as George Lucas remembering how to add subtlety to dialogue. But, as a fan of the character, and an overall fan of the film, never tell me the odds.